Good evening and welcome to Wednesday Night Chapel at NBC. I've uh, been praying that as you came in, the Lord would warm your tootsies and warm your heart too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but coming from San Diego, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, I'm still trying to get acclimated. But it's nice to be able to be warm on the inside, even if it's cold on the outside. Amen? Amen. So turn to the person next to you and say, aren't you glad you're here? Would you do that? Glad you're here, Tracy. And I hope you meant that. Yeah. Well, hopefully the things that we're learning in chapel as well as in class are going to help us to do what God has called us to do, which is to finish what he started in our lives as he finishes in us. So, say the theme with me. Finish the race. Keep the faith. And if you're bound and determined with the help of God to do it, say amen. amen. Well, let's sing about doing it. Tonight I'll be reading from Acts 20, verses 20 through 36. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared both to Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know in every city that the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God, for I have not hesitated keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must, keep the, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and then prayed. Father God, I pray, Lord, that these words would reach our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, and you would help us to finish the race and keep the faith as Paul did. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want you to give some thought to that passage that Daniel read for us earlier, which is Paul's farewell to the elders at Ephesus. 
It uh, goes right along, of course, with uh, the theme of what we're talking about this year, about finishing the race and keeping the faith. But what I like about this, when Paul's spending this time saying farewell to some folks that he's pretty certain he's never going to see again, I catch in his farewell absolutely no regrets. What an awesome thing to be able to live your life, and as you're coming down to what you think might be the end of it, to be able to say, no regrets. 35 years of pastoring wasn't always easy, but I think I can honestly say to you, because of the faithfulness and the goodness of God, like Paul, no regrets. So here you are, many of you, you're kind of on the starting line. You've started out on this bold adventure of faith that, that God has called you to, and you're going to leave here and continue that bold adventure of faith as you follow the call of God on your life. Well, starting well is important, but finishing well is even more important. Listen to what Paul says again. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Oftentimes when we look at the idea of finishing the race, running the course, we think of that Olympic example in the biblical times, uh, the athlete running the race. But I'm from the south, and I want to give you a little bit different example this evening, a little different word picture, a NASCAR word picture. Now, you're growing up in the South like I am. It's just part of the deal what you're supposed to like. You're supposed to like NASCAR. Now, I'm going to admit to you, I never was really a big NASCAR fan. I mean, I was aware of it. I knew that all my buddies liked it. But I think it was because of the kind of cars I had. You just don't race much in a Volkswagen Beetle. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> and before that, I had this 52 Chevy with this little straight six in it. And it looked really cool, but it just wasn't what you'd call a race car. It'd get me there, and it'd get me back. So, uh, you know, I just didn't kind of have that sort of inclination to see myself as, uh, uh, you know, Mario Andretti or somebody going down the racetrack. I mean, I was just lucky if I could get to work, school, and get home. <laughs> Keep it running, Lord. As a matter of fact, I learned something about prayer coming to Bible college as a student. I'd finished a year at Trevecca, and I came here in 1969, and... Um, I had prayed. My wife and I put everything we owned in a 55 Dodge, and I prayed, Oh, Lord, just get us there. And it pulled up in the driveway, and it stopped. It died. It never, run, it never ran again. Why didn't I say, Lord, just get me through NBC? You know, why didn't I pray that? I don't know. But the next car we had, we bought this Chevy. I don't remember exactly what year it was. I just remember this. You could get some push rods, for those of you that are a little bit mechanical. You could get a whole bundle of push rods, about this thick and about that big around, for two bucks. About every 250 miles, I'd jump out, take the valve cover off, drop those push rods into those two things where they kept bending, tighten them down, and run another 250 miles. Can anybody relate? I hope your cars are in a little bit better shape than that was. But God got us through. We finished in spite of some of those kinds of setbacks. But here's the reality about running the race of faith. It's not like a straightway. It's not like when you're running maybe the 100-yard dash where there's, you know, it's kind of a straight way from here to the finish line. But I think that the life that we live when we follow the call of God is more like a NASCAR race. Now, here's one thing I do know about NASCAR racing because I remember seeing an interview on television. This, uh, this guy who was uh, a famous racer, I couldn't tell you his name now, I just remember what he said. He said that if you're going to run in a NASCAR race, you've got to believe in your car, You've got to believe in your team that takes care of the car. You've got to believe in your skills, and you've really got to know the track. If 
you're going to finish the race well, you've really got to know the track. So I guess that's why they go early and run the trials and get used to the track and all that. One year at General Assembly, we went to where they hold the Indy 500. Now, I didn't go there to watch the races. There's a famous golf course there, uh, and that's why I went to, the, to that thing. It's called the Brickyard. And you go under the racetrack and play about three of the 18 holes. It's really kind of cool. Well, while I was there, I discovered something that the, 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 the particular curve that we would go under to play the three holes of golf is really at an angle just like this. And they told us that if you're not doing at least 75 miles an hour, you fall off the track. Whoa, I don't even know if my 52 Chevy would ever get to 75 miles an hour, you know? But anyway, you've you got to know what you're doing. It helps if you really understand the course. i got some good news for you. You can understand the course. God will give you all the directions you need to handle every curve you're ever going to face. And so this evening, as I give you that picture, we look at it kind of from a NASCAR perspective, I want you to think of the track as the kingdom of God. I want you to think of the fuel as faith. And I want you to think about the whole idea of running this race by faith is to get down to the finish line and hear Jesus say to us, well done. Because when it's all said and done, it's not going to be the pastoral votes, it's not going to be the size of your church, it's not going to be any of the accolades or any of the awards that you may or may not have won. When we get all done and we come down to the end, what really matters is hearing Jesus say, well done. You believe that? Amen. Now, if I do that from Tennessee, that means I want to amen. There you go. Okay, just want to let you know. Well, let's talk about that track and what that track might look like. If you're going to know the track, let's talk about what I would call the turn number one, what you believe. And that's important because what we believe really, truly determines how we act. What you really believe is how you really act and how you really respond in life. And we must dare to believe and trust in the God who calls us that he loves us and cares for us. Now, that's kind of easy to say, but I'm going to tell you, there are going to be some times, I'll be honest with you, when you're going to want to ask God, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do to get into this mess that you called me into? It kind of feels that way sometimes. But what gets you through those times of confusion or those times of bewilderment is when you're resting in the reality that regardless of what it looks like or how you feel, the truth is God loves you and cares for you. He's not forgotten your address. And as he takes you through that first turn in your ministry and in life, what you believe what you believe is going to be challenged. So let's talk about believing for a moment. You've got to believe that God loves you, that he cares for you. You've got to believe in the promises and the principles of God's word. And you've got to believe with all your heart that God is going to see you through to the end. And when I talk about that, sometimes faith is kind of an easy thing to talk about, but people struggle sometimes to define it. So I want to give you a definition of faith that I think is easy to remember and is extremely biblical. And here it is. Faith is believing God and acting accordingly. Remember what I told you? What you believe determines how you act. What you really believe determines how you act. And when you and I say that we have faith in God, we have faith in his promises, faith in his character, faith in his leading, and so forth, if we really do, that's going to determine how we act and how we respond in the challenges of life and ministry. Let me give you another word picture for that. 
There was a fellow who was a famous tightrope walker, and he came to this town, and he passed out these bulletins about what he was going to do, and he strung a wire from the two highest buildings in town. And he said, for only one dollar, you can come see one of the greatest tightrope walkers, tightrope walkers in the world. And here's what I will do. For the first 500 people who really, honestly, and truly believe that I can walk from one building to the other, for your investment of $1, I will give you back an investment of 500 Oh, man, people said, what an easy deal. You know, what a deal. So, man, they just bought those $1 tickets like crazy. And sure enough, the people showed up. And so he got up on the tallest building and with his megaphone said, Now, how many of you honestly, truly believe I can walk from one side to the other? Man, everybody wanted that $500. Yeah, 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 we believe, we believe. He goes and gets a wheelbarrow and he brings it out. How many of you believe that I can walk with this wheelbarrow from one side to the other? Oh, yes, we believe you can, we believe you can. He said, for everybody who comes and gets in the wheelbarrow, I will give you $500. (laughs) You see, what God is inviting us to do is to get in the wheelbarrow. It's going to be a tightrope walk, I guarantee you. But you're not going to walk it by yourself. And God doesn't even want you to try. What he'd really rather you do is come get in the wheelbarrow. And let him carry you from one end to the other. What you believe. You see, you and I can live in the assurance that the God who called us will be faithful to us and take us to the very end. Well, once you make up your mind to believe God, I'll tell you, turn number two is called the challenge turn. I can promise you that the moment you make up your mind to trust God, it's going to be challenged. How many of you already discovered that? You, okay, God, I'm going to NBC, and so you did all you had to do, and you got out here, and, and everything didn't fall into place. <laughs> it almost looked like everything was against you. What in the world were you doing? What were you thinking? I don't know about you, but I had that whispered in my ear before. And you and I need to say, well, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking if I do what God says, he'll take care of me. See, that's how you respond to that if that's what you believe. We're challenged by the future. We're challenged by the unknown. We're challenged by the unexpected. That's just the way life is. And faith doesn't have to know all the answers ahead of time. Faith just has to know the one who knows the answers ahead of time. Amen? Can I let you in a little theological truth? Nothing catches God by surprise. Isn't that good? I mean, it might blow you and me away, but God is standing steady. And all we've got to do is reach out and take his hand. It didn't catch him by surprise. He was already aware of the challenge that we would face. So what does that look like? Well, here's what I think it looks like. I think, first of all, faith sees the invisible and accomplishes the impossible. Faith rests on the promises of God's Word. What what kind of promises? Well, let me give you a few of them from the Word that, that I think are crucial for us to believe. First of all, when I say trust in the promises of God's Word, I don't necessarily mean where you and I go and we just try to find a verse that fits our situation so we've got something to claim. But I mean that when I discover in the Word and in life how God really responds and how God really acts and how He's always acted and responded to things, I understand a promise as a declaration on the part of God to do or act in a certain way. And I may not even know all the details of that. 
For example, I know that God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I don't know the emotions that I'm going to experience while I'm trusting in that, because it may seem like that, you know, God's forgotten my address. But the fact is, the way God always works is, He never leaves and He never forsakes. I've got to believe that. I've got to come to a place where, as simple as it may sound, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And if you're going to finish the race, my friend, you've got to have that attitude. You've got to dare to believe in the Word of God. I, I, I like when Moses is coming down to the end of his life and he's giving some final words of wisdom and admonition to his people. Uh, and the Hebrew writer quotes it again in Hebrew 13.5. It says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. See, all through life we have always a choice between faith and fear. And fear is simply an emotion, and God gave it to us. There are going to be some scary times in life. There are going to be some things come up you didn't expect, and you're not sure you know how to deal with them or what to do. And that's frightening. And it's okay to be frightened. It's okay to experience the emotion of fear. But when you get ready to respond to what you have to respond to, you make a choice. Am I going to respond in fear, or am I going to respond in faith? And the Word says, don't respond in fear. Instead, be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. How about Luke 17? Even Paul alludes to this in his farewell. Give away your life and you'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. There will be times in ministry when it seems like to you that you're just giving and giving and giving and you wonder if something will come back in return. In God's time, i got good news for you, it will. You believe that? Amen. See, if you believe it, you just keep on giving. Amen? If you believe it, you just what? Keep on giving. Well, if you've got to run this race to the end, you've got to also believe what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 9. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, say all things. All. What does all mean? Doesn't mean half, does it? What does all mean? All. Okay. You go down to the store, you don't buy a box of half detergent to get half the dirt out, right? You get a box of all, you want it all out, okay? What does all mean? Okay, what does this promise say? God is able to make grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, not half the time, not some time, but all times means what? All times. All right, having all that you need, how much will you need? How much will you have? All that you need, you will abound in every good work. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. That spurs me on to action, which brings me down to the next curve in the track, the action track. For you see, faith is an action word. Faith requires that what I believe thrusts me into action to do something, to obey, to trust, to wait, to go. Whatever it might be that God has for me to do, I will eventually not only make up my mind to believe it and then be challenged to hang on to it no matter what, but I've got to move that into action. Now, what does that look like? I want to see if you, can you read that with me? Read it with me. I will believe even when I do not see it. I will obey even if I do not totally understand it. I will give even when it looks like I don't have it. I will persist and be faithful even if I do not feel like it. I will praise God and thank Him even before He answers me because I know He'll keep His promises to me. A lot of times people say, well, faith, faith means I believe God can. Other people say, no, I, I think faith means I believe God will. 
I think faith means I believe God's already doing it. Amen? I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm just talking about believing in the God who keeps his word, keeps his promises, and will do exactly as he says. There's an attitude that kind of makes this kind of action possible. And uh, bring that up on that next slide for me. Here's what it is. You're going to experience some setbacks in this challenge curve. But here's what I believe. A setback is a setup for a supernatural happening. Would you say that with me? A setback is a setup for a supernatural happening. In other words, obstacles become stepping stones when I walk with God to experience what I would never have experienced if the obstacle or challenge hadn't come. It's an opportunity for things to go far beyond my resources so that the resources of God take effect. And I begin to see what it's like when you live by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love, safe from all harm in his sheltering arms. I'm living by faith, and I'm not going to live in a sense of alarm. Amen? Amen? See, that's what it means. So if you experience a setback, just get ready. It's a setup. God's getting ready to do something supernatural that would never have happened if you hadn't been in that situation. And then once you learn how to overcome those setbacks, because last time I checked in the Word, we're more than overcomers. I like it. We're not just overcomer. We're more than overcomers through Him who loved us. Amen? That's what it says. Turn to the person next to you and say, Man, you're an overcomer. Yeah. Now, if you believe you really are, say amen. And if you don't, you need to ask God to help you. Amen? Well, the key to reaching the finish line as you head for that, is commitment. Commitment's not a word we hear a lot in our society today. Listen to Paul's description of what that might look like from Philippians chapter 3. I love it from the message. I'm not saying that I have this all together or that I've made it. But I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us, on, beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if, and if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision, and you'll see it yet. Can you see it? Where will you be 30 years from now? Well, you don't know. I certainly had no idea in 1971 when I walked out of those doors for the last time that I'd be back here doing what I'm doing right now. But God knew it. And that's why after I left here, he just kept leading me on to continue my education, to continue my education until I finally earned my doctorate. And then... My wife said, if you earn another one, I'll kill you, so I quit. <laughs> but I didn't know. I just was doing the best I knew to do and wanting to give God my best and learning as much as I could. And, but you know what? God's always gone before me. He's always made it clear. He's always said, if you just keep your eyes on the prize, I'll be there ahead of you. You'll finish to the end. Faith does not believe God can. Faith does not believe that God will. Faith believes he's doing it right now. Faith is the ability not only to match the mountains in life that we face, but faith is the ability to sometimes climb them. 
See, we often like to quote that verse, Oh, God can move mountains. And so when a mountain comes up, we say, Hey, God, I want to pray my move the mountain prayer. And God says, Why don't you pray the climb the mountain prayer? Oh, no. No, 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 God. No, no. You see, you moving the mountains is easier than me climbing the mountains. And God says, Yeah, but when you climb the mountain, you get stronger. And when you get to the top, it's awesome. I used to fish with a guy that was six foot four. He looked like a salamander. I mean, he had the longest arms of any human being I've ever seen. And we used to go in the mountains there in Southern California and climb around those mountains to get up to some brook to where we could catch a trout that big. <laughs> now, being a bass fisherman from the south, I used to ask myself, what are you doing going through that danger and climbing those mountains to catch bait? And I used to get in situations where I would look down and the little stream, it looked like a little stream, but it was kind of like a river when I started. And I'd look down and I'd say, oh, Lord, if you'll just get me out of this mess I got myself into, you know. And, um, and I'd somehow make it up there following Mr. Salamander. And we'd get to the top of when you'd finally get there. I mean, I, I've been in some situations where I really thought I was going to fall. And we were so dumb, we didn't have harnesses and stuff. We just took off climbing. I didn't know you were supposed to have safety equipment. <laughs> Aren't you glad God protects the ignorant, you know? And, but, but when you get to the top, man, it feels so good. And then I'd catch myself praying, well, Lord, maybe one more time. It feels good when God gets you to the top, when he helps you climb that mountain. Let me tell you why you know you can finish the race. Here it is. Look at this visual. You can finish the race because you're in God's hands. Go ahead and go to that next one for me, where it shows us in God's hands. I want to ask you a question. On the race that you're on right now, what turn are you in in your race? What do you need to believe God for today? What's the biggest challenge that you're facing this very moment? What action would God have you take right now in the face of all of this? And can you say this moment that the setback that I'm in right now is a setup for a supernatural intervention of God? And are you ready to believe that God's going to take care of you right now? And not only now, but all the way to the end so that you get down to that finish line and hear him say, Well done. You trusted me. That's all I ask. You realize that's all God asks of us? is just to be faithful and trust him. And to be faithful means to be full of faith. Believing God and acting accordingly. Where are you? Are you being challenged about what you really believe? Are you in some kind of challenge that you didn't expect and you're wondering if you're going to make it through? Are you at that point when the setback seems insurmountable? Where are you right now in your race? What do you need to believe God for? Stand with me just for a moment and bow your heads. And I, I would just like to give you an opportunity. If you're somewhere in one of these turns and you're, you're at a place where you just need to say, Oh, God, help me. Help my faith. Help my belief. Help me. I want to ask you just to step out right now. And let's, let's close in a sense of victory around the altar so that no one would go out of here thinking, I don't think I can make it through this turn. But instead, I want you out of here saying, Oh, man, I can do this because my faith and my trust and my confidence is in God and not in myself. Come on.